Ministry of Colton Lutheran Parish out of Colton, South Dakota. Today we're going to be talking about the gospel according to Luke, chapter 23, verses 33 through 43. It is the assigned text for this Christ the King Sunday that's coming up. Christ the King Sunday is always the last Sunday of the lectionary year or the church year. We've been in year C of the three-year lectionary, so we go A, B, and C, and then A, C is the gospel according to Luke, and starting next week, we will begin lectionary year A, which will be the gospel according to Matthew, and B would be the gospel according to Mark. So, um, and readings related to them, so it's not just the gospel, there's always some John, you know, because that's the fourth gospel that gets thrown into there from time to time too, but all of that out of the way. Next week is Advent, where we get ready for Christmas Eve, but we have to do one more thing before we get ourselves into Advent and, well, the holiday season has kind of already started, right? I mean, there's there's been Black Friday sales for the last couple of weeks. There were Christmas decorations that were up uh, pre-Halloween, I think. Maybe even in September, I saw some that were out and about. So, you know, I can I can go and grumble about that all I want to, but, you know, it's kind of the reality of the situation. So we, we still want to just sort of slow down a little bit, right? We want to slow down, be intentional about living our life every day rather than kind of going, oh, what's coming up? And what do I need to get ready for? And while that's important, that, that shouldn't be the only thing, right? So it's important also to do both. So we want to slow down just a little bit. And so in this slowing down, we're going to talk about Christ the King. And what does it mean for Christ to be King? Because it's completely different from anything else that we see with human eyes. So I, I want to start out talking about maybe how we see the definition of a king. And what, what are the images that come to mind when we say the word king? Well, the first one that came to my mind was The Lion King, right? This animated movie from Disney that talks about this young cub's journey from being a baby lion, Simba, and all the things that, that journeyed him on to eventually becoming a king. 
and, and what that looked like for them. So it's a beautiful story. That's beautiful music. It's an amazing music that just kind of sticks in your head. And I, I, I didn't look up exactly when that came out, but I remember seeing it a lot in my former occupation with the children's home society, because it was just such a great show and it had great music and things like that. And you know, it has fabulous music, but my, my favorite character in all of that is, um, Zazu, the, the bird, the toucan kind of guy voiced by, I think, um, Mr. Bean. And I forget what his name is right off the bat, but just great, great comic relief, you know, talking about, I can't wait to be King when he's young. And then he goes through this, all of this. So, I mean, that's a, that's a great representation, I think in one way of, of how we see what a King might be going through and, and what it might be like to have to be like this, this great leader of, of, you know, all of the, uh, inhabitants of your kingdom. For me, also another image that comes to mind, or at least a couple of different images that come to mind are, um, growing up and in high school, I, I took a novels class from a, a wonderful English teacher. Her name was Mrs. Winters, and Mrs. Winters had us read the Hobbit which I didn't think anything about The Hobbit. I really wasn't into that. I was starting to make my transition from comic books into literature. I mean, a more, more, you know, traditional literature, right? So you have your visual storytelling and, and more of a, the written type of word. I don't want to put down either one, right? Because they're both valuable and valid. But for me, um, I love that book, but it wasn't great for me. Uh, until we got to the Lord of the Rings and we read like the first hundred pages or so of the fellowship of the ring. And then I was, I was hooked. I loved all of that stuff. These, uh, these little hobbits and, you know, we had dwarves and elves and knights and, you know, some, some ghost type specter things. We had Gandalf, the wizard who, who was there and, all these other wizards, and we have this great f- battle between you know, the forces of evil and the, the forces of, of good, right? Who, it, it's just a great story for me, and I love Tolkien. And then Game of Thrones came out on HBO a while ago, and um, I know that I was really into that kind of stuff, you know, with the knights and the kings and the medieval stuff. And so I wanted to read that, and so I watched – I didn't want – I mean – I wanted to watch it. And so I watched the first episode with the great actor, Sean Bean, who I absolutely love. If you, if you see this guy and his picture, I mean, you've seen a ton of things that he's been in, but he's a great actor, I think. So I saw him in it. He was playing the main character at the time. And I saw the first episode and I was hooked. And so I went and I bought the book and I read, 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 read until I, I got up to a certain point of um, being ahead of where that episode was. And then I watched the second episode and then they passed me up in the episode and I went, oh my gosh, I read, 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 read. So that was my journey into, into Game of Thrones. And, you know, I love that stuff. I, I think it's great because, you know, it's this medieval kind of understanding. Yeah, it's fantasy too because weird stuff happens. But, um, you know, the, it, it is this representation of kings and and kingdoms and things like that. And so we hear, we have the gospel text for today where we call it Christ the King Sunday. 
And what do we do with that? Well, we see that Jesus has been crucified. That's the text that we choose for Christ the King Sunday, which seems a little weird, right? It's a little, you know, we have this vision of what kings are and what being a king means. And then we hear the story of the crucifixion and specifically when Jesus is actually up on the cross. So it describes the things that are happening And I think we have to ask ourselves, according to the gospel witness, and specifically today, how does the gospel envision a king? Well, it's not good, really, if we're viewing it with simply according to our human eyes, you know, right? It's it's just, it's not a pretty picture. People are mocking Jesus, scoffing is one of the words that's used in the text for Sunday. Humiliated, ridiculed, selling his clothes, they're playing, throwing dice, right? I mean, that's what it means to cast lots. You know, they're throwing dice to uh, divide his clothes, right? Humiliating, right in front of him, right? It's, It's not a good picture. It's not a pretty picture. And so I think when we, when we see that picture, we, we look like to us in our, our understandings of kings. If you see your king on a cross, it appears like the end of it all. We see Jesus suffering, and in so doing, we profess to believe that we also see that, it, that Jesus is divine, that Jesus is also a human being. So we see the human being suffering, which means we also see the suffering of God, which isn't something that we spend a lot of time talking about because that's it's kind of hard, hard to think about, I think. It's unpleasant. And the gospel, I think, gives us um, a little bit of a clue as to what happens to us when we see this suffering of God maybe even in our daily lives. This this is what's happening in the gospel. But if we think about it in our day-to-day life and in our wanderings and just living, I think there's two points of view that are held in tension. And I think the gospel gives us those. The first one is, where is God? And the second one is, this is God. So, the thieves on the cross or you know, who are crucified alongside Jesus, one says, save us, right? Are you not the Messiah? Are you not the king, the chosen one? Well, do something, right? I mean, how many times in our lives have we asked that question? When we've seen and witnessed not you know, only somebody else's suffering, Right, because that happens all over the place, and I think it happens so times that so it happens so much sometimes that we become apathetic to it because there's so much suffering in the world. I, I remember reading this little story about how thirty thousand children in the world across the globe die every day from malnutrition. And lack of food. 
It's reprehensible. 30,000 people for food. And, you know, we don't hear about it anymore. We just don't, we don't think about it. And so when we see that kind of suffering on, on that kind of large scale, and I think when we see, and, we, and if we bring that down into more of a micro level, into our own experience, we see and ask, where is God? I think that response from that thief being true, it's honest, it's raw, but it's valid. I think that's one of the things that we do is that when we experience suffering and when we witness suffering, that's our question. Where is God in all of this? I mean, that's a, it's a perfectly good question. And we can, we can go around on that about why, but whatever answers we come up with don't really explain it. At least they're not comforting, Right. It, it, it doesn't feel good to think about all of that stuff and all those things that happen. And I think what the other thief does, in contrast to what the first thief says, according to the Gospel of Luke, is that he almost acquiesces and he says, Jesus, remember me. So one is kind of concerned about his, his life. The first one is concerned about his physical life right here, right now. And the second one is concerned about his eternal life, like after this. And, and Jesus gives him a promise, right? He will be with him in paradise today. I think that's the clue, right? That's, that's the kicker to all of this in this gospel is that today we experience this, right? I think one of the keys to living is understanding and living in the cross and and not necessarily being okay with it, but having faith that it is in the cross where we witness and experience what God is all about. And the thieves give us this, this tension of living within our suffering, but also seeing that God is in this suffering too, that we are not alone in this, that this God, this Jesus, who is both man, human, and divine, experiences this too. So what we spend our lives living in the midst of this tension and having to be okay with living in the tension. We can't reconcile one over the other. We have to live our lives then in, in two worlds with one foot firmly planted in this world and one foot firmly planted in the next and having faith that's been given to us that this is God. It is here that this God who is crucified gives us new life. And so I think it's critical that as we live in this tension or this paradox that we re-encounter scripture again and again and again because it's not really about getting it right or getting it correct and then 
moving on to the next thing. We just don't ever do that. We have to practice and practice, have like so many reps, so many rituals, you know, faith, muscle memory, maybe so to speak. Because I don't know about you, but I need constant reminders of the good things that God does. So I think we've spent the last few months going through the travel narrative of Jesus and the disciples. And so in in doing this, I think it's appropriate to revisit some of those excerpts and teachings of Jesus to his disciples in order to better understand that question, why we live in the tension of being in this world and the next. What is the kingdom of God like? This is our king, the crucified one. What is the kingdom of God like? Well, the kingdom of God is like a shepherd searching for one lost sheep. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, a weed that's grown in a garden or a field to provide shelter and comfort. It's like a rich man's feast that's been open to everyone, but especially the poor and the lame, those who are on the outside. of society. It's also like a son who goes off. It's very wasteful. And after all of these things, seeing that his own, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be ashamed or embarrassed or humiliated anymore. We don't have to be in pain. We don't have to live under the shadow of death anymore. Because God has raised Jesus from the dead again. An incomprehensible act once and for all for all of us. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world may be saved through him. John 3.17 So this week, may you be reminded and may you be able to live out the joy and the wonder and the experience of being loved by God so completely that this promise is something for you to cling on to and hold on to and hold on to. Have a great week, everybody.